The Untold Secrets of an Outsider. Rated PG-13 for mature content and nudity. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Untold Secrets of an Outsider. Um, today is Sunday. I just got off bowling. Um, it's 9 p.m. Uh, uh, my last episode, uh, shit, I don't, I don't remember. Um, so today I had work and, um, yeah, I guess it went pretty swell. Uh, um, I don't know what to talk about. I just wanted to talk. Uh, um, so, I had a very work-filled week. Um, the only day that I didn't work was Tuesday. So, I, th- I think I put out an episode on Wednesday. That was like the day after um, that I had the full day of rest. That was really nice. Um, so, worked Thursday, Friday, had to work 9 to 5 Saturday, and then... I worked today, 8 to 4.30. Um, today was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, so yesterday, um, I went to the movies, uh, went to the movie theater with my brother, and we met up with my dad. Um, we saw the uh, ninth episode of, or whatever, um, Star Wars, the final one. Um, so my brother, like, he had some criticism about the movie. Uh, like, I could totally see why. And I'm not sure if, like, this is the case because. But it was a good movie by itself. I think that's the best way to put it. Because if you if you try to follow, like, the plot line and shit like that, I think... The plot doesn't do the movie any justice. Or like the whole Star Wars... Is it a trilogy or something? Um, Like, it just... uh, Like, if you just take one episode out of each of the three parts... 
like they're good on they well I can't say that for the first date but like this last one was like just by itself like a really good movie um it was uh I had like a long day I had work nine to five and I was so tired but so it was a little tough for me to follow from beginning to end, but I, I understood probably like 90% of it. Um, so it was good. Uh, today, um, the day after, um, I was, I, last night, I, right after the movie, I went to sleep, I, I did a meditation, and then, uh, listened to a dream inducer, so, I got, like, a pretty good amount of sleep, so, I went in today, uh, you know, a little, um, a little more lively, um, and it showed, uh, so, like, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, just exhausted. Uh, I wanted to talk about, um, I, l- I left something out of the last episode about the numerology shit. Uh, and I guess this is a good segue. Um, so, on Thursday... Or was it Wednesday? Uh, I think it was Wednesday. Um, it was me and Chris at the desk. Or Chris was at the desk and I was just standing near the desk. And we were talking with the waitress, Cindy. And she... So... Uh... All the context was left in that last episode, um, so, but, um, so we were just talking about how, like, uh, Chris was talking about, or he had, like, a video of some kind of, like, UFO, uh, that he had filmed, um, so... It was just me, Cindy, and Chris. We were talking and about like supernatural shit. Um, and Cindy, so Jesus Christ, dude, it's been a long week. So, really, Wednesday was the girls and was the girls singles doubles tournament. Um. feels like forever ago, um, but that's when, like, I was talking in the, uh, the episode, the previous episode about the numerology shit, how, you know, sometimes it doesn't seem like a coincidence, uh, which, uh, 
when I was talking about the 13 and the 22. So it was very, like, relevant to the day that, like, this wasn't just a conversation out of our asses. Like, it was, or at least it wasn't, I didn't see it that way. Because um, the conversation that we had had meaning and reflected how my day went. So she, Cindy, was talking about how um, like the supernatural kind of like uh, like senses or whatever, um, like communication from the dead, I guess, <laughs> um, which I have no explanation for. Um, I think it's all in our heads, um, but it's just weird how, like, I mean, it's not weird, um, like, coincidences, like, you make your own coincidences, pretty much, so, one of her, um, communications with her spirit or her vision of spirit, or whatever, um, so she knows someone, I, I think his name was, like, Uncle Mike, or something, and I, for, I forget the original, um, story of, about the significance of her symbol, uh, but she sees dimes everywhere, and that reminds her of him, so, uh, geez, um, so, we were talking about that, and Cindy has, like, seen dimes in very peculiar places, and, uh, like, it's, I mean, like, I don't know. So there was, like, one particular instance where she, or, uh, I guess her niece or maybe her granddaughter was, like, on vacation, and that niece or granddaughter's friend, um, I'm actually not sure who. I'm not sure if it was, like, the niece or granddaughter or if it was her friend that had, um, she was wearing a hat, and she took it off, and on her forehead was a dime, so, I mean, that's just, like, so fucking unbelievable, like, hat had to be set up, in my opinion, like, that had to be staged, that's just too bizarre to think that that could naturally happen. Um, I, I don't know. The situation speaks for itself. Like, like scripted. Like, not even, I don't know. Like, not even on purpose. I don't know. I'm confusing myself. <laughs> Um, uh, 
so we were talking about like this communication, supernatural stuff. And um, I think Cindy was like talking about uh, a grandma or something. I don't know like how, but like in my communication with spirit, in this conversation, um, I felt like my grandmother, um, Graham, uh, my mom's mom, uh, was like present in that conversation. Uh, so yes, I'm just as loony as I think Cindy is. So, and then I was thinking about, thinking back to, um, the course, uh, how to smell the spiritual universe. And there's a lecture about time in that episode. And from my understanding of time is that like everywhere and everything is ever present at any given time. I think, I think the rule is that time is a division of space, of, of, um, space and shape form or something like that, a form of space and shape, I don't know, uh, so I, what I had, was thinking and communing, communing with spirit is that, like, my grandmother is present in this moment right now, so, and then, so I was thinking about that, and, okay, so this was actually a Thursday, because, um, I guess it all comes together, (laughs) uh, so this was a Thursday because, um, Sal, the bartender, um, who I've talked about before, uh, trying to narrate my life, um, try to improve my life, uh, I got that same feeling from, it was wild, I guess, not just, not like the same feeling, but a a reminder, like a memory of when, um, uh, so I was really young, and, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've already talked about my childhood, um, with, or my, like, relationship with my mom and dad, about, uh, PKU, the metabolic disorder that I have, and, uh, and it, it also didn't, it did not affect only them, uh, it affected my, uh, grandmother, too, um, Graham, so, I, when I was younger, um, 
I it was very difficult for me to accept that I had to take control of this metabolic disorder and to deal with it and learn how to deal with it Um, because, you know, growing up, it was very serious for me. Um, Like uh, brain development in childhood stages is uh, easily um, like molded or uh, easily I don't know influ- influenced by I don't know. Um, Like, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, as a child, it's, I I feel like that it's more important to take care of yourself than it is as an adult. In, in the, in, uh, words. To, like, the purpose of. Okay, so I don't know science, but I, in my opinion, I feel like a child's brain is more, like, just influenced by their activity than, say, an adult who um, knows the block, knows around the block, kind of. So, like, knowing my way around the block, um, I can change my mind about things, um, and not believe, or believe what I want to believe. As a child, you know, you, I guess you're more fearful in your childhood, I don't know, I'm just speaking out of my ass, but I, I was very afraid as a child, um, I was very fearful, and I feel less fearful than I do now, um, the fear being of, <laughs> I can't kid myself, I'm, I'm still afraid of the dark. Um, But, so as a child, like, I always needed, so, uh, like, second, like, first or second grade, there was, like, this uh, uh, urban legend about, um, 
um, Bloody Mary, and you would, if the, the legend has it that if you were in a bathroom and you shut off the lights and you said, and you like, um, summoned through a ritual, uh, like Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, if you say it like an X amount of times, then an image would appear in the mirror. Um, so, as a child, I was very fearful of that. Um, so, like, I didn't even give myself the choice to not be afraid of it. Or, not even to not be afraid of it, but to not even do the ritual. I felt like if I don't do the ritual, it will still come. That's fear. Um, that's totally insanity. Um, and unreal, because I'm not doing the ritual, so if you don't do X, Y won't happen. But in my mind as a child, I figured if I don't do X, then it's very possible that Y can happen. It's all, it's certain that Y can happen. So when I was younger, and I remember, um, uh, this was in my Massapequa house, that I always needed someone outside of the door when I was, when I would go to the bathroom, um, just to have that presence of someone being there just made me feel so much better and so much more secure than to go into the bathroom uh, with the lights on and um, as a child I would always like go to the bathroom and like even later on I would just go to the bathroom and leave the door wide open because <laughs> I was I didn't want that door locked I didn't want the lights off like that's how fearful I was of something that you know not knowing if it was real or not but not ever trying to but acting as if it had or was a very imminent so uh that's the mind of a child um you know just thinking of possibilities And being very insistent that a possibility can happen without, like, a, something before that needs to make it happen. Um, 
so growing up and I'm not sure if there if this was like a particular instance or if it was ongoing I feel like it was ongoing so um my grandma um my mom actually she had gotten me uh a thing to learn how to track my food intake um my f and how to uh not self diagnose but um to keep track of my own fee levels uh from the foods that I eat so uh my mom had gotten me this like tool that I can use it was very simple um it was I can visualize it kind of uh it was like a but I don't know if I can describe it well it was like a um just like a counter uh so like you have like the two sides you know you have like a, a left piece of wood and a right piece of wood and then in the center are um uh vertical yes that's vertical vertical lines and then on in the or in like the counters are like circling the um the vertical lines so it's like a, you move it over from left to right and that's very vaguely what it was um so growing up um you know i did not for shit want to take responsibility for myself so um i never wanted to take the reins of this i've always wanted it to be done for me so um i was very dignified in not wanting to take care for myself and this upset my grandmother uh like how can how can you do this to yourself and you know obviously me not taking care of myself is a big issue so and something that obviously won't make you proud um it's not proud to be that unresponsible about yourself that unself or that self unresponsibility um so it was something that i didn't like about myself and when you know like i have to take care of myself and when gram was telling me to 
you know, you, you have to take care of yourself, kid. That was, uh, like, a pill very hard to swallow. Uh, my own pill. And unfortunately, uh, my grandmother was um, the pill doctor. She was showing me all these uh, negative negative attributes about myself. Um, so that, and unfortunately, you know, like I just, like I said in previous episodes, um, having that, uh, those sour relationships, um, it didn't make for a fun time, and you know, as I'm as I'm growing older, I, you know, I'm trying to see love and even anger, love and hatred. Um, and I'm sure that there was love in that too. Uh, it's something that I may need to relive. Um, So, today, um, I had bowling, and like I said, I had an extremely long working week, um, at least for my standards. I, I had gotten news that um, my coworker, my coworker's girlfriend, um, was had been rushed to the hospital because of a blood clot, and they asked me to come back for work. And like I said in a previous episode. Um, I sure as fuck do not want to go back to work. Um, if the opportunity is even brought up, uh, I would say no. So, um, I was 
so I had gotten off work at 4.30 today, and I usually get off at 5, 5.30. Um, I was so sure that it was 5.30 at the time. I was looking at my watch, and, you know, I'm, like, wondering to myself, where's my coworker? Uh, where's, uh, Peter at? Um, because I really want to go home. Uh, I only have 30 minutes to get something to eat and to change. You know, I'm running out of time here. You know, it's almost five, it was 5.38 and, or, I'm sorry, it was, in actuality, it was 4.38. But, um, in my head, I'm thinking it's 5.38 I have to be back at bowling at 6. Um, this is not giving me any time to uh, go home, get dressed, and eat. You know, I'm going to have to fucking rush. And I, I, I didn't like that. So, it was at 4.30 that, you know, it came to my attention, like, Okay, so where's Peter? Where's Peter? And then eight minutes pass. And then I asked Chris, like, is it fine if I leave? And he was like, yeah. So I go to punch out. And on the time thingy, the time machine, <laughs> um, it said 437. So then I was like, oh, shit, I, I totally forgot how to read time. So, uh, so I, you know, I walk out of the back office and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Chris. I thought it was 430. I, I thought it was 530. Um, and he was like, oh, okay, that's no problem. You can. You can still go, no worries. Um, one of the mechanics, uh, he starts, he comes in at four every day, uh, uh, every Sunday. So, um, so he was there, uh, and he usually starts oiling at like five, five. 30, uh, five. So, uh, he would have been there. He was there to, uh, take care of my shift while I left. Uh, because he was hanging out at the front desk. So it was just convenient. And yeah, like time was like very slow today, but You know, like, sometimes fast, too. Uh, yeah. But I thought it was going slower, or, uh, I thought it was going faster than it was, because I thought it was 5.30, but it was only 4.30, so... 
Um, so I, I left a little, an hour early for work. Uh, daylight savings. Uh, came a little early this time around. Um, so I had time to change, uh, get something to eat. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I say this because I did a meditation, uh, for an hour. And so that was done at, I finished around 545. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't stay completely with the meditation. Uh, the keep coming back meditation from Devin's course, how to smell the spiritual universe. Uh, sniff, sniff. Um, so, uh, but yeah, um, uh, driving. Um, Um, still turn. Um, now I totally lost my train of thought. So the meditation, um, so I ended at like 540, uh, yeah, 5.45, um, and I kind of rushed to get something to eat. That's why it was unfortunate, um, because uh, I kind of ate pretty quick, and I had a stomach ache, uh, like, so it was weird because I didn't get a, I didn't get the stomach ache and I didn't really feel it until the second game. And so, you know, I'm like really in my head trying to nail this, this feeling that I have, this upset stomach feeling. Um, so, you know, I'm like trying to come back to meditative state. Um, keep coming back to the meditation, keep coming back to relaxation, and um, you know, like really trying to find an answer. Uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't just let it be redundant that you know, like, there is no problem, because there was, but, you know, like, it, come, it comes with a give and take, kind of, uh, so, 
I, uh, you know, I was trying to come back to that meditative state, and Barbara comes up to me, and she says, uh, I, f- I forget how the whole dialogue went, but, you know, she approached me, and she sat next to me, she was like, uh, something or another, would you mind coming in later tonight? Or would you mind working after? So, you know, I, this was like in the stomach ache, um, stomach, like the peak stomach acheness. Uh, so, you know, I, I drill it in me to, you know, I fucking love work. Like, I love that fucking torture of work. I fucking love it. I like, I get, I get paid to fucking suffer. So, in my head, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I have, you, you know, like the balance between my two hands, you know, in my, in my left hand, I have more money in my right hand. I have relaxation, time to myself. Uh, and spoiler, I, I take time for myself. <laughs> I didn't take the money this time. So... But you know that doesn't that that decision didn't come to me so easily, because you know here this kid is, my coworker. You know I'm presented with this story that his girlfriend has been rushed to the hospital due to a blood clot. So, but like. If I'm being, if I want to be honest about something that I don't think that I'm honest enough about, is that, you know, I'm 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 a, I'm a wage slave. I'm I'm a slave to work, and it's something that I I can't admit to myself, and it's something or no, it's it's not something that I can't admit. It's something that if I do admit to myself, I feel guilty about. It. Um, so, like, that just, that just comes back to the count, the fee counter, you know, not doing it makes me feel guilty. So, um, so that was that Barbara told me to think about it. And get back to me. I, I I probably was like, I probably gave like the most, not even half-hearted yes, that I'll come back. Like I was probably like, ah. like like that. Like like fuck, dude. I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna say yes because. 
you know, I'm your slave. <laughs> like, so, uh, game two ended, or I think maybe, no, yes, game two, fuck, I, I don't know the timeline. So, game two, I'm just going to say, game two ends, and then Peter, my coworker, comes up to me, and he's like, uh, I feel so bad for you, you, uh, about you having to work for me. Like, I told him that I would do it, but I, once again, was like, how I said it to Barbara, like, like, I, it wasn't a confident yes. It was, like, not even, not even half-hearted. Like, I did not want to do this. But, you know, at the same time, there's that nagging voice in my head that's like, just make the money. Like, it's, just, it's so much confusion that I, it's... Like, I can't make that decision for myself. It's something that has to be, that I have to get hand to spirit that, you know, the options weighed by spirit is what I ultimately went with. So, um, my teammate, Matt, was sitting next to me when Peter sat next to me, and He's like, I feel when Peter said, you know, I feel so bad. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he said, I don't want you to do this or whatever, but he, the message, the point got across that he felt bad for me, that he didn't want me to work. So Matt being my angel on my shoulder, uh, was saying, don't do it. Like, he, he actually said, he said out loud, don't do it. Not in a, not even in, like, a conveying voice, but just, like, don't do it. Like, I, I mean, that's my interpretation of something not being conveyed. <laughs> Go figure. So, um... I mean, like, it, it sounded like jokingly, don't do it. But, you know, like, underneath the joke was a serious, you know, you know what's best for you, don't do this. So, um, I ended up uh, sitting on it, and, you know, spirit, I was getting that indication that this is the right choice. So, uh, funnily enough, um, I think it was, I mean, I, the timeline is so fucked, but the, so I had a six bagger, my third game. So, you know, like as spirits, like coming to life or coming to my awareness more and more. Um, 
you know, I was feeling a little more easy. I was letting some burps out, and I, I think I farted a little. <laughs> um, so uh, some tension was being released, and I, I had the front six, uh, front six stripes, and then my seventh shot, I got a little cocky, and. Uh, I almost left the 7-10 split, but the 7 went down, and the 10 was left wobbling. So it was almost a strike. And uh, so that was the 7th frame. I left an iron spare. And uh, 8, 9, 10, and... 11 and 12 shots were strikes, so I shot a 279 for my third game, uh, which was not bad because my first two games was a 214 and a 205, and that 205 was uh, accredited due to uh, stomach my, my stomach bothering me. So to come back and you know make that decision that, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't the decision that spirit made, like, I had to make that decision to myself, but I, for myself, but, you know, I, it's like, what do you choose? Do you want this stomach ache? Do you want to be working? Or do you not want the stomach ache? Do you want some freedom? some time off, and, uh, I went for the 279, almost 300, so, uh, I, I got some clarity from making that decision, um, you know, I, when Peter had come up to me, and he asked me if I wanted to work, and, you know, I was so fucking pissed that he was saying that he was upset. Because in my mind, I'm saying, I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, if this upsets you so much, then why are you asking me? But, I I mean, that's obviously not how you interpret that situation. Uh, that was a wrong interpretation. Um, you know, to see, because... I, I would have fucking ended up working anyway, like, had it not been for that, um, so, you know, to reinterpret Peter saying, you know, like, you know, to, uh, not take away from his point of view, or not to, not to put a judgment on him, but, you know, it's like, so convenient for me to just go home put some work clothes back on and come back right to work. So, you know, like he felt bad that, you know, that, you know, it was a shitty situation and I was, you know, the straw man kind of, but not this time. I said, no. Um, so, And 
that brought some light to the situation. Like I could, I can understand Peter where Peter was coming from, you know, like he was due for, he was due to say that, that I feel bad for you. Um, you know, like the offer was there being shoved down my throat, you know, but he was saying that he felt bad for me. So just obviously a shitty situation that we were both put in. Uh, that we had both agreed to be put in because I'm a workaholic and I'm your go-to guy to pick up shifts. Um, but, you know, I, I don't understand that, you know, my coworkers feel bad for me, that I'm taking so much work. You know, it... It's just something that was an uh, eye-opener for me today. Um, so I'm pretty grateful for how it went down. Uh, when I was leaving, um, I, you know, I apologize to Peter. Uh, maybe I should not have, um, you know, because I don't want to make him feel guilty that, you know, I'm making, I'm making the right choice, the right choice that he wants me to make, and also the right choice that I need to make. So, you know, it sucks to say sorry that, um, you know, here I am, I'm being presented with a silver platter of freedom, and I'm saying sorry, but, uh, you know, you know, his girlfriend's in the hospital with a whatever blood clot, so, I mean, I at least owe him a sorry for the situation that, you know, we're both put in, so I, I hope that's right, <laughs> I hope that's the right thing to do, uh, so, Um, that's it for this episode. Um, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, thank you for tuning in and, uh, thank you anchor for providing this platform for me to stunt, you know, flash my freedom a little. Um, I'm glad like this was a much needed episode to, uh, put out and I feel very relieved, accomplished, um, so hope everyone has a good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever, uh, yeah, I just hope everyone has, uh, hope everyone is happy, <laughs> um, catch you in the next episode, 